You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. Just a quick reminder, you can always subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, and of course, you can always download the latest episodes of Press This at webmasterradio.fm. In today's episode, we're going to be covering, I think, really a fantastic topic. How do you sell your freelance developer services? Learning how to do that from a developer who had to learn to sell. Um, I think it's a pretty cool topic to cover, mainly because a lot of folks in the freelancing business, and I was in that business for a long time, ran a small agency, you're maybe used to uh, building sites and all the technology and decisions that go into that, uh, but then you have to kind of turn around from that mode and then go sell your services to people. And that's oftentimes an uncomfortable transition for people. So in order to explore this topic today, to bring on the show, the developer who had to learn to sell, I'd like to welcome to the show, uh, Mr. John Householder. John, welcome to Press This. Thanks, David. Glad to be here. Awesome. So happy to have you here. And, uh, you know, I think this is such a cool topic just because, you know, so many people struggle with this contact switching. And I know that for you, it was very real. I'm going to explore a little bit on the show today um, and then talk about what you learned from that and what others could use from those learnings um, to inform their approach for selling their own services. So before we get into all that, though, I'd just like to know, John, I don't actually know the answer to this. I've been here for a while here. <laughs> What was your WordPress origin story? How'd you get into all this WordPress stuff? Sure. So I think it was, I think it was like 2002. I was uh, working for Dell Computers in Nashville, um, and I was making websites using Dreamweaver, like every good uh, web person was doing, probably. Um, learning code on the side. I had a degree, a master's actually in like web development. Um, but still, you know, still using the tools and 
and creating lots of static pages and helping people get on the internet for the first time. Um, and then people mainly, I'm in Nashville, so a lot of musicians were like, you know, I'm always doing new things. I need to go um, be able to update. How can I update things? And I was like, well, there's like this other program you have to pay like 200 bucks for, you know, that you can get through Adobe to, to, to update it. And they're like, no, 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 no. There's like this free thing called WordPress. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Let me take a look at it. And the more I looked at it, I was like, oh, this is really, really cool. Um, and then I got a call, which I think, you know, every, every uh, business owner, you know, or wannabe business owner um, gets, right, from a, a very well-known client. Uh, actually, I didn't know who this person was, but they wanted to create lots of, of content very quickly and put it out on the internet. So I, and they're like, well, we want to use WordPress. And I thought in the back of my head, like, I don't know WordPress, but I can probably learn it. So I went on the internet, found that there was a, a WordPress, like a WordPress conference down in Birmingham, a WordCamp. I got in the car, I drove down, I learned WordPress in a weekend, and I signed my first client. So that's how I got started in WordPress. Um, that, well, you know, that end up gr <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And you don't have to hang your head in too much shame, John, because you're not the first guest to admit to using Dreamweaver as part of the transition <laughs> in 2002 yeah, yeah fair 2002. enough I guess <laughs> that's a good point to clarify thanks for that okay so that's yeah. cool so you got your first client on your first weekend that's fantastic um and so maybe that sales process was was pretty easy and you ran your freelance business for a few years but you're doing something different now uh what what is different now that you were doing um than the time when you were running your freelance developer business Sure. So I actually now obviously work with you. I work um, for WP Engine um, as in the agency division. So I work with uh, small, medium-sized agencies and helping them uh, go to market on WordPress and then, um, you know, stay up and live and scalable and all that kind of good stuff that the WP Engine platform provides. So um, that's more, I'm, I'm now full-time sales and partnerships. So no more building. All right, and I remember when you joined WP Engine, I know you and I had known each other through social or whatever, and uh, I was shocked. I was like, how is this nerd going to come in here? And I know working <laughs> in agency context makes it a little easier, but like, how is this nerd going to make that transition? And, uh, you know, obviously having kept up with you uh, over the course since you've come here, uh, watching you and, and discussing different tactics with you and, and thinking about it in the new context, um, I thought it'd be really valuable to bring you on here and, and share some of that with everybody else um, who haven't had the benefit of working in, say, a professional sales organization. Hopefully, you can kind of bring some tips back to the freelancer world um, to inform some of our listeners on strategies they could use to be more successful. So from a high level, tell me about your experience selling your services as a freelancer before you got into all this you know, professional sales and partner stuff. Uh, what was the experience like selling your freelance developer services? It was really tough. Um, I think, you know, the hardest thing for me is as, as a freelancer, or I eventually, you know, owned an agency, owned a small agency. The toughest thing is thinking about when someone comes with you with an idea or a new site or a new project, think about all the things you're going to have to do to get it done. And sometimes, and, and you know, at the end of the day, I don't think um, the client cares about that. 
they don't care about all the things you have to do and all the tests and all the processes. They just care about the results, right? Is it going to be fast? Are people going to engage with me? Are they going to contact me? Right. Or is the application that you're building on WordPress going to work? Those are the, and what's that, what effect is that going to have on my business? Those are the things they cared about. However, me with my, with my brain, all I thought about was the process that it was going to take to get that done, which is really, really, really not what, which makes a very, very tough sales process. If that's, it's kind of a conflicting brain, right? <laughs> like seeing how the sausage is made, right? The client doesn't need to know yeah. about all the ins and outs. They just really are trying to achieve an objective and want to know if you're going to be able to do the job or not. Um, and it's funny you bring this up as kind of a kind of motion from the past in those days. In my experience running an agency, I tried all kinds of different models for creating proposals and some of them were uh, engineering mm -hmm. focused and some of them were uh, driven more by the sales or marketing people. And what I found is when they were engineering focused, they were quite accurate and detailed, uh, mm -hmm. but the customer didn't want to buy that thing. And so it was mm -hmm. always the struggle to kind of balance the two of uh, all the things we have to do and charge for um, versus how do we kind of connect this back to a compelling story uh, the customer is going to say yes with. Did you also experience the same kind of things? Exactly, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, I downloaded all the templates from the internet, right? Like how to make a, create a successful proposal, a six-figure successful proposal, a $20,000 successful proposal, all those things, did all those, tried to implement all those and, you know, created really, really long, thoughtful, thorough proposals. And at the end of the day, most of those never were booked, right? Because the customer never understood what I was actually trying to do, which could be super frustrating. Yeah, and that's the balance. And of course, is again, the, the client's not worried about the minutia of what you're going to do. They're, again, just trying to achieve some objective. Um, so it's interesting to hear you talk about that. Um, I do want to dive a little bit deeper into this. We're going to take a quick break. But when we get back, we're going to talk about um, some of the things you did right, some of the things you did wrong, and some advice that you can provide uh, to our listeners to inform them on their strategy with growing their freelance business. So everybody hang tight and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. 
Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing John Householder uh, around tips for freelance developers on how to sell their service. Um, Before the break, John was sharing a little bit about his transition from a freelance developer into a more sales-focused role. And then, John, you you were just sharing... Uh, that one of the things you struggled with was kind of seeing the forest for the trees. In other words, um, worrying about all the minutia and details of what you needed to do to get the job done versus presenting a story the customer would say yes to. Um, but I'm curious, you know, maybe this is a more, more revealing here, John, but like what are some other things that you felt you were like doing right or even like doing wrong um, during this process other than just, you know, focusing too much on the details? I mean, I think... I think, you know, the details are what make a, a project successful or not, right? The, the, those are the things that, that really matter. However, um, you know, for the, for the sales process, the thing that really, really matters and it's going to differentiate you a lot of times is that personal relationship, right? Can your, can your client trust you, right? Are you prepared for all of the calls that you're going to have? Are you, you know, um, are you on time? Are you honest that, hey, I know you've got $10,000, but this is really a $30,000 project or a $100,000 project, and this is why? What MVP thing can we do together, right? Like the, the hardest part of sales is that first touch, right? Like letting them know that there's a reason for another call or what small engagement can we do first, right? So we can get used to working together to see if this is even a good engagement for both of us, right? I think those are like two key things I found. It's just really, really, really diving into that personal relationship and seeing, you know, just getting it started off with some easy to, to, to tackle project, right? That's just more of a discovery type project than an actual like $100,000 build or $50,000 build or $10,000 build, right? So when you're, when you're buried on the computer all day and you're, you know, ne- neck deep in code and you have to pop off and have a relationship with someone. And I mean, I know obviously, yeah. you know, everyone ha- hates a salesperson until payday, but yes. um, there's this issue of context switching, switching this issue of mm-hmm. like feeling like that relationship motion isn't genuine. And, you know, I don't want to do that. That's not who I am. Um, what, what do you, how do you think your attitudes like bef- uh, back in the day as you were doing this in the freelance business, how do you think they were either positive or negative um, relative to that? Like, did that impede you, this kind of developer identity, or uh, did you get past it? Like, how, how did you deal with it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was uh, it was really, really tough for me. Like, a lot of times when I had a – so one thing I did was I, I created, like, a group of, of like-minded agency owners, and we met once a month, and we had a Slack group. And any time that, you know, that, that call was getting ready to come up, I'm like, Hey man, I need 10 minutes. Can we just talk this through this? Like I've been like working on all this other stuff and I just need to get out of my head for 10 minutes and talk to a human. Right. 
And so I think that was a really, really, really good tactic for me. Like whatever that is, you've got to have, you know, that break from jumping into, you know, working in your business, right. And working on your business like that, you've got to have a way to, to separate with that, whether it be a Slack group, whether it be like, it can be a friend and be like, Hey, I just need to talk to someone. <laughs> I just need to talk to a human for 10 minutes. Right. To help you get back into that relational type mindset and away from like the nitty gritty. I like the idea of kind of getting, you know, other agency owners or freelancers together to talk about working on your business because it forces you to focus on these things. Um, oftentimes when you're running a freelance or small agency business, you'll go into a scramble mode to get clients to make up mm -hmm. the lack and billable hours you might have. And it's very reactionary. And it's, uh, and I know quite a few agency owners who actually deploy this strategy and like, Oh, I have this group of people I talk to um, and about how we work on our business. But it, I don't know. It's interesting to hear you talk about it because it seems like it's kind of forcing you to focus on these issues versus being reactionary. That, that's correct. And like in, in these meetings, we would have like goals for the month, right? And we'd have to set the goals. And then in, in the meetings, we talk about the previous month's goal, right? So it was kind of like an accountability group, right? So it wasn't just on our business. It was also about life. And be like, hey, like being an agency owner is really, really tough on my marriage right now. Like what have you guys done? to help that out right like those type of like really deep conversations came up right because it's tough like <laughs> not just the the development to the proposal type aspect but just like the life aspect of being like a solopreneur or owning a small agency can be really really tough on you and you need accountability and friends that can help you through those things I like that. So you're kind of reporting back your goals and your progress. And it's interesting to hear you talk about kind of the mental health aspect of that as well. It sounds like that was really positive force, um, you know, and that is a hard thing on people running a small business, especially a freelance agency business when your clients are calling you at all hours with, you know, I need this right now kind of demands. Um, I think we probably spent a whole episode talking about that, but uh, it was interesting to hear you also get that benefit um, out of that accountability and, and the kind of companionship of that group. So um, thinking though a little bit more now, I'm just kind of curious, like you, you made the switch, right? You're, you're kind of building sites and selling your own services and you're kind of small agency and prior to that freelance business, you ultimately made the decision, you know, kind of come to WP Engine and work more in the kind of sales partnership approach. So, you know, I know you kind of had a taste of sales prior to your role at WP Engine, but like, what were you afraid of? Or were you just like terrified? Oh my goodness, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, that, or the other relative to the job you had to do. Uh, I was, <laughs> I hope my boss doesn't hear this. I was really, really, really afraid of the sale aspect of it. Like I was really, really, really excited about the partnership aspect but not the actual selling of it, right? I still have, I still had some of the same fears I kind of talked about before. Like, I think at the end of the day though, the thing, you know, I was the 1500th customer at WP Engine. I know the product, you know, I, I've used the product, you know, and, and I knew it was a great product. And, you know, like I've got the stories of how I launched, you know, Aaron, Rod I got, I got started with WP Engine because of Aaron Rodgers, right? Creating some, some micro sites that were selling things online before WooCommerce, right? Like. Uh, I've got the stories and I just wanted to tell more people about that. Like, how can I have maximum impact on the, you know, the agency owner community? Well, it's really, really hard as a, you know, a solopreneur or a small agency owner to have that maximum impact. But what about if I can talk to, you know, 10 or 15 agency owners a day at WP Engine 
and just talk about these issues. Like that's the thing that got me excited. And then, you know, ultimately me led to selling my, my agency, right. And joining the team. So it's interesting that fear though, because in your case it was acute, right? You'd made a decision to join WP engine and that was what kind of brought it on for you. But freelancers, of course, developers focused freelancers particularly experience this every day. Like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. I need to go fill up my billable hours. Mm-hmm. Now I've got to go talk to strangers and I've got to convince mm-hmm. them what I'm doing is good. And like this fear comes up every day for some people. Mm-hmm. So like, what were some of the things you did to overcome that fear? Well, I think, I think for me, it, once again, it's all about relationships and partnerships. If, if, I'm in, if I was back starting over again, I would try to have three or four businesses that I would work with every day, right? I'm not really good at like going to, you know, if, if I'm running, if I've got my freelance business having 40 different clients or 20 different clients, but what about if I can work with five and that's where all my billable hours come from, right? And really, really diving into those connections and helping them on the sales, sales side, right? Like then I can rely a little bit more on them and they can rely a little bit more on me, right? And I can, uh, I can, I can grow my business that way instead of constantly like trying to farm myself out because then it feels really, really farming, right? It doesn't feel very relationship driven. Yeah. The cheapest acquire to, uh, the cu- cheapest customer to acquire is the customer you already have, <laughs> right? Uh, I, I like Correct. that. And I also like kind of leveraging your, to your point on the, um, that relationships are so key, right? Uh, what is it? Mark McCormick, a famous advertiser from the past said, uh, all things being equal, people will buy from a friend. <laughs> all things being unequal, people will still buy from a friend. Um, and I think that's such an important part that I think people overlook is, you know, it seems cheesy to establish this relationship and ask about people's kids and uh, pets and their vacation and things like that. It seems ungenuine. Um, but if you enjoy what you're doing, enjoy the people you help, it doesn't have to be ungenuine. And at the end of the day in your long-term relationship and keeping those clients, you don't have to have 7,000 of them Mm -hmm. uh, in your agency business. Um, You know, the relationship will play a key role in that, um, which I think is really cool. So um, I have some other questions for you. I want to talk to you a little bit about what you've learned kind of being in a professional sales organization. And uh, what we're going to do though, is we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content. 
hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm entering John. I'm interviewing John Householder about uh, tips that freelance developers can use to sell their services. Um, John, before the break, we were talking a little bit about your fear of selling coming from a development background. And uh, you also shared how you kind of joined a professional sales team that has, you know, multiple levels of managers with, you know, tens and tens of years of experience per person and a lot of insights and a lot of professional sales and partner people that you work with. What did you learn from them that you can kind of share back with your freelancer compatriots, um, techniques that they could think of uh, and applying to their business? Sure. So, you know, one tactic that, that I use from like the development world and applied to sales is just like, remember when I said like, uh, you know, I used to think of a, of, of a deal and think about or a potential client and all the things I had to do to, to, uh, to get that project done. Well, I do the same thing with the sale. I'm prepared, right? Like being able to be like, this is, this is what the customer is looking for. This are, these are their pains this is a little bit about them and then be able to position the product, you know, with, with those in mind. So for, you know, for developers, I, you know, I, I just think like listening, right. Taking the time to listen and then scoping, meaning like just, just coming out with, with what you have and what you know and repeating that back will, will give you lots of credibility. Right. And just making sure that when you, when you say it back to them or you get that ready, that it's in, uh, for lack of a better term, like normal people language, right? What can I, and I always think like my wife's an elementary school teacher. Like if I was going to go tell my wife this, like what would I tell her? And that's what I'll write down. Right. <laughs> so, right. Make it easily. In other words, you kind of talked earlier about, Oh, you would nerd out too much on all the details, but that wasn't probably a story. A novice business a technology, novice business owner would, would understand. Right. Um, so Correct. Okay, so that makes sense. You also said something a second ago that stuck with me, and that was like, well, the you know, I have all my ducks in a row. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm prepared. I use my developer skills to to be you know fully armed up, ready to go in and, and talk to the customer or partner. But the first thing you said there was that I learned what the customer wants. Um, and I don't know, for me, as I engage with partners or customers, I always start with what is your business objective? What are you trying to do before I say anything else? Um, has that played a, a similar role with you in, in the way you've engaged with people? Yes. And I, I, maybe you shouldn't even have said wants. I think it's needs, you know, like you want to, to spend the time with someone, right? 
Like I, I remember my boss at WP Engine, like he, he said he was like going to buy a car and he drove the car around and whatever. And the guy was just like, you know, just talking to him about how much it's going to cost the whole time, right? How he can finance it or whatever. And, you know, those things are all really important. But more importantly is, you know, why, why'd you come to, why'd you come to Subaru today? Right? Like, well, because I love camping and I need something that when I take my son's camping, we have room for everything, right? That that's what you should be telling. You should be painting that picture of what it's going to look like in six months of you and your son's going camping, not about how you're going to be paying for it in six months and financing it and all that kind of stuff, even though that's important, right? You need to, to be able to be relatable to people. And maybe tell a story about why you work at Subaru in the first place. Well, because of the outdoor lifestyle that goes with owning a Subaru is why I got here and I'm not working for Ford and selling Ford trucks, right? Like I don't have a ranch, like, but I love going camping. So that's why I'm working at Subaru. So like, you know, just kind of being relatable, you know, and, and telling stories about, you know, why you're doing what you're doing and having, you know, success stories around the, the past customers you've worked with. And people buy those stories. It's funny because the engineering mindset will often be, I have this list of requirements and specifications. <laughs> I'm going to go measure the things I'm potentially going to buy. I'm going to put it all in a spreadsheet or something similar and out will come the correct answer. And um, I think even in the engineering mindset, we still buy into stories. Um, but obviously if someone doesn't have an engineering background or is not technical, they're not making the decisions in those same ways. Um, did you see this kind of come to life? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think, you know, I, I kind of got in a little bit into scrum and like agile leadership, right? And the first thing an agile leader always starts with is, you know, you know, what's that user story, right? Because you've got to put it in, a, you know, three, four, five sentences of what that end product or end goal needs to look and feel like, right? Because people can understand that, right? And then you can get into the technical aspects of if they need it, right? the only time I would ever run through technical aspects of something, you can always have it, but unless they have like some kind of IT or CTO type role, right? Because those people are the ones who care about it. But if you're working with a small business, like you are just going to shoot that over their head and they're going to have no clue. It's probably going to confuse them because they don't even know what, they don't understand what they're buying, right? They can't see it. They can't feel it. <laughs> Right. So it's a hard, it's a hard thing for them to relate. All they see is like your bid and someone else's bid. And nine times out of 10, they're going to go with the one that's, that's just, just the most least expensive. Right. Yeah, and that's kind of interesting. You kind of put it like that. It sounds like you're also tailoring your pitch based on the audience. Um, so you do nerd out if, if a, a nerd's involved and you go with maybe yes. a, a more storied approach when a non-technical person's involved. That that's that's correct, right? Knowing your audience, because that if it's an IT or technical person, they're they're vetting you. They're making sure you know what you're talking about, right? <laughs> so you know you need to be prepared for that, but you also need to know your audience, right? Because if you're not, if you're talking to the CEO, he needs to know in four bullet points why this is going to make his business better. Yeah, another test I'll often use is to think to myself, is the person I'm speaking with, are they going to be able to go away from this meeting and explain what I said to them to something mm -hmm. else? Um, as this litmus test to be like, well, what story did I just tell them that they're going to go tell other people? Are they going to come back and be like, oh yeah, David knows a lot about this tech stuff and he seems like a good choice for this? Or are they going to go back 
and say, oh no, David or the company he represents is going to help us achieve our growth objectives or get that next yeah. thing out on time uh, and delight customers in these ways. Um, obviously, those little one-liners tend to be easier, but using that as a filter for mm -hmm. me has been helpful. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just like when I use the example of my wife before, like I need to be able to tell my wife what this, what this is, will she understand it? Like at the end of it, hey, you know, if my wife asked me, well, what was that call about, right? <laughs> you being able to say really, really quickly. There's there's some thought leaders, um, you know, I, I listen to a podcast called Two Bobs and they have a, a sales pitch thing in there. I'll just give them a quick plug here really quick. Um, uh, they've got one, they talk about, you know, when you go and you do a pitch and sales guys will go in there and they'll spend 30 minutes, an hour. And they'll be like, man, that was a great meeting. I talked for like an hour about how great this was. They're eating everything up and they're like, you know how many of those close? Like 10%, right? You didn't listen, right? It's all about listening and understanding and then positioning. So don't be worried if you're a developer, you're like, people think I'm awkward, I'm socially awkward, right? That doesn't matter. It matters that you listen, you take time to, to put what they need into, you know, common sense language. Awesome. Well, I love that tip. Lead with your ears, straight from John Householder. <laughs> uh, John, thanks for joining the show today. I really appreciate you jumping yeah, thank on. Thank you. Awesome. If you'd thanks like to learn more... Me. Absolutely. If you'd like to learn more about what John's up to, you can follow him on Twitter at jhouse, H-O-U-S, no E, number one. Uh, so check that out. And thanks, everyone, for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. Again, this is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.